guess I should turn that off. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, do you, do you need more beer before we start? No. You sure? I don't know. Okay. How much do you... Oh, you've got, you've got like a whole beer almost. Okay. Ten whole beers. Ten beers? Is that what you just said? Mm-hmm. All right. All right, levels. Levels. I think we're okay. Get up here. God, we really got to... We got to rethink our producer. She's never here. <laughs> Come in. She's tired. Come on. Come in. You can oh. do it. There you go. Yeah. Dog. Okay. Uh, Wait, that's nice. That's, I'm going to keep that in. No. <laughs> My secret will be revealed. The secret of the diamond lady. <laughs> wow. To be tarnished. Wow. Uh, <laughs> what if I did the whole podcast in that voice? No, don't do it. <laughs> Please don't, dear God. Um, well, we got to do... Uh, Steph, I'm doing the ums already. I've already have the ums. You need to relax. I do. It's the pressure. The pressure is yeah, getting pressure to me. the pressure of our nine listeners. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, hey, look, on Facebook we had about 20 likes, and I'm pretty sure zero listens from those likes on our wow. last episode. So it's getting pretty out of hand right now. Yeah, the yeah. celebrity is really just overwhelming, it's, to be yeah, honest. It's pretty difficult for me to handle. I can't go anywhere without people ignoring that I exist. Yeah, but welcome to Miles and Merrill make a Oscar podcast. Ah! Yes, the Oscars. This is about the name Oscar, right? Yes. Uh, so finally we get to talk about yes. how great it is that we have the name Oscar. Yeah. And I mean, every the- year, we, I mean, people talk about it. Obviously. Every year. This is what, like the 22nd annual Oscar I think fiasco. So. I think it is. Yeah. Um, Festival. Yes, and it's been it's been great. Uh, my, one of my personal Hall of Fame Oscars obviously mm. lives in a trash can. Of course. Yes. Of uh, course. He's a great Oscar. And he is a really I think good he really Oscar. is deserving of being in the Oscar Hall of Fame. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah what's what's a favorite Oscar of yours? Um, I think uh, one of my favorite Oscars is definitely you know he he works kind of an average job. He's just an accountant. Yeah. Oh, okay. But you know he really brings a face to a lot of minority groups. Yeah. And I think you know that's nice. People forget that those really minorities needed. work in offices. So yeah, you know I know it's amazing. It's White people eventually let them in sometimes. Sometimes. On rare occasions, sometimes if they have a more accept, they have to have usually though a lot more qualifications than the average white person. Well, yes, and on top of that, Oscar, this Oscar is gay. Yeah, a homosexual, wow. if you will, and really um, it is it a out. secret for a while, but it gets out. Well, as it always does, exactly. Eventually, exactly, the truth will out. 
But we could also talk about, I don't know if you've ever heard about it, there's this other thing, the Oscars, some sort of award ceremony I've heard about. For Oscars? Uh, no, I think actually this is why it's weird. I don't, maybe it's some like hipster thing, but it's, Probably. it has nothing to do with people named Oscar. It's about movies for some reason. Mm. No, I don't. Never heard of that? You know, I hate movies. Yeah. I've never watched yeah, one. That makes Never watched one. No, I just know I hate them. I so. do remember, I think I think as a child I might have caught a glimpse of a few. I feel that like. That actually explains a lot. Yeah, that's where I got my immorality from, is from catching yes, glimpses of movies. Also, I was very moral and then. You caught I, a glimpse of a movie. Yeah, of well, at least two. I, I, I caught a. Two? A, yeah, two movies. Oh my god! Uh, it was it was really difficult for my brain to handle. Uh, I caught a glimpse of Jurassic Park, and then I was like, "Well, dinosaurs." Jurassic. I'm Obviously, sorry, I don't understand. It, well, it's about dinosaurs, which we know are not real. No, they those were are, fakes. That's a make believe myth mm-hmm. made up by left wing right liberals, and so to that confused messed, yeah. people. So that messed me up as right. a kid when I saw that because I thought, "What if that's mm-hmm. real?" Mm-hmm. You know, it was just. It was really hurtful. Uh, and then the other thing I saw was The Rocketeer, uh, which was difficult because I didn't know people could have rockets and wear masks. Well, also Nazis. And Nazis were in there. And I thought, yeah. well, we should probably let them have a voice. Right. So. Right. Freedom of speech, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there we go. And that's this how. This is a great opening. That is what has formed me <laughs> to this day. Perfect. That is I'm glad who we're I here. am now. I'm glad we're here. Um. But uh, let's uh, let's focus on the movie Oscars. I guess for if we have to. for this episode. Okay. Here, uh, obviously, we know a lot about the Oscars. We keep up with everything. Yep. That goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's. I mean, I know for one that they're on March fourth. I learned that. I researched it. It took a lot of research. A lot of you know uh, when I learned that reporting. My sources have told me. I learned that just in this moment. Nice. So I'm okay. very prepared. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was a, that was a pretty big deal for us to figure that out because yeah. a lot of people don't know that. That was exhausting. So that was uh, something frankly. that I I worked pretty hard on to discover the you news know, of that. When I was younger, my mom used to throw Oscar parties, mm. and she would make uh, food for everyone of the uh, like. What's the category? Best picture? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she'd make food. Yeah, because it's a photography competition, I think, right? The best picture of them all? That... I'm trying to share a story oh, about okay. my childhood. I was, I was asking. I'm trying to be it. more informed. You're hijacking it with <laughs> shitty jokes. It's the last time I share anything with anyone. <laughs> anyone <Done>. ever. <laughs> Done. It's... It was a big deal in my house growing up. Man. The Oscars. She would watch them. She would print out uh, voting cards, too. So you would vote. Oh. And I was like six. So I'm like, I don't know. I'll just pick the one. <laughs> I like that name. Which food did I like the best? <laughs> That's I the like one I like. I like that name. Yeah. That's great. Um, well, I don't know. It wasn't as, uh, it wasn't definitely not a, a super big deal in my house. Uh, it was something I think later on as I got more into acting and met more actors that i was like oh 
oh, this is like a thing. Like people have parties. Like I didn't yeah. realize oh. that people had parties. Yeah, we had parties. For the Oscars. When I was younger, it's like I might think, oh, who won the awards? Like I might I might try and figure that out, but not the really. The Oscars were the only time during the year besides New Year's that we kids got sparkling Martinelli's. Wow. Yeah, it was very fancy. Man, very that's fancy. amazing. Yeah. What a big time for you guys. It really was. And that's why I liked it was <laughs> the Martinelli's. The last time I watched the Oscars was almost, no, it was four years ago. Um, And I only remember it because Bette Midler came out on stage and the three of us that were watching it literally gasped because she's fantastic. Um, The people who wrote the song Let It Go made us cry because they talked about their daughter. And how, like, they wrote it for her. I remember that, yeah. And Idina Menzel did not do great performing, but then she was on Jimmy Kimmel. No? Jimmy Fallon? Yes. Which no, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, Jimmy Fallon. Okay. Jimmy Fallon, she did not do well, but then she the, was on uh, Jimmy Fallon with the did, kids' yeah, musical yeah, instruments. And she crushed yeah, it. Yeah, it was, uh, that was awesome. Yeah, she was great. So um, that was the last time I watched the Oscars. Yeah, I, I believe I watched that year also. I remember going to an Oscar party at a bar with some people. That year? I don't know if it was that year. I really don't you remember. You didn't invite us. Well, I don't like you. So that like, oh. it's a different thing. This uh, is really awkward now. Yeah. Well, luckily we have a lot of distance between us. It's true. And there's a whole dog. A whole dog worth of distance. Oh, I know last year La La Land won for Best Picture. Oh, yeah. Nobody was happy about it. I don't think I'm not even I'm not even sure the actors were happy about it. I think that they knew that it was bullshit. They were like, What? Us? Are you sure? What are you doing? And like nobody even cares about La La Land La La Land anymore. Nobody even talks about it. It's like how uh, I mean now this did not win Best Picture, but Avatar. Avatar was, it it was like, oh, it's either going to be Avatar or Hurt Locker, right, that year. And I think that might have been one of the first years when they did the 10 picture nominees, 10 Mm -hmm. best picture nominees, because it was after when The Dark Knight did not get a best picture nomination. And people were like, I don't understand. Like, this movie was amazing. Everybody's agreed this is an amazing movie. But because it was a superhero movie, they were like, well, that can't be best picture. That would be crazy. And then so people freaked out enough that the next year they're like, okay, well, we're going to expand it to 10 nominees now. But the funny thing about that is that it's a sham because they're not really considering all 10 movies. They're just throwing in 10 movies. But really they've got it narrowed down to like two or three that are probably really going to be picked. So like the year when Avatar was up for it, it was pretty much every news outlet and everything was like, it's either going to be Avatar or it's going to be Dunkirk. Or not Dunkirk, sorry, Dunkirk's this year. Or Hurt Locker. Uh, it's going to be one of those two. And everybody knew that. And I'm like, so... so Which is crazy because Avatar's not even a good movie. No, it's not. There it was, was a visually amazing movie. But it wasn't even that. Like, I watched... We watched it on my best friend's stepdad's... Ooh, uh, wow, that's quite a... Yeah. <laughs> a gin- 
enormous TV, like huge. And we watch it thinking, this is going to be amazing. Mm. And like 10 minutes longer than that. It takes a while to get to like, you know, the good shit. But like we're watching and it's just like, I don't I could just watch Fern Gully, though, and it's really the same effect. Right. But you get Batty. Yeah. And Batty's awesome. He's the <laughs> best. So what's the point? Why bother watching it? Speaking let's of best see. pictures, let's talk about them. I guess we could get into that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to get into the best pictures. I believe that between the two of us, we have seen one of the ten best picture yes. nominations. I uh, Maybe. So that's quite a few. Of them. So we, we obviously have a lot of knowledge. Yes. Leading into these. Right. And so I think first I, I will label all of them just so that the listeners know mm-hmm. what's being nominated for Best Picture. Because that's why they're coming to us because we're a legitimate news experts. organization Correct. and we are experts Correct. in this field. And then I thought that maybe we should figure out what these other movies are about. So this is this is what I think it, how we should we should play this out. Is okay, we'll read one title and then let's say what it is. So you don't want me to read all of them? At no, because then I, then I think it'll get confused. redundant. Yeah, it'll get confusing. Sure. Okay, you know. All you right. Know? Okay. okay. So best yeah. picture nominees. The first one is. Uh, so wait, should, hold on. Before I say it, should we each give our interpretation of what we think the movie is about, or should we just take turns where you do one and I do the next one? Let's play it bly but but blah Let's play it bly blear. Uh so best picture nominee number one is Call Me by Your Name. I actually know what this one is. You do? I have no <laughs> I idea I what this one is. Um and I only know about it because there was a lot of um controversy is not quite quite the right word. It is a It's a conversation okay, starter. I know kind of what it's about i believe it is a semi coming of age ish story about a uh young gay man okay he is 17 sure. and he is in a relationship with a 34 year old 24 34 i'm pretty sure it's sure. 34 and people were losing their shit because they were like that's pedophilia and it's wrong and then there was a list of movies that was shared Oscar nominated or Oscar yeah. winning movies in which the main love interest, of course, being a straight couple, had a larger age difference than these people. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably something else that happens, but that's what I remember most is that it was a big deal that like it's a it's a gay couple. Well, I think that's interesting because I feel like that's not like super abnormal for the gay community from people that I've met. Um I don't think it's really abnormal. In general. Period. Right. But yeah. It's any, really not. Any opportunity that conservatives have to That's make true. the gay community into a like harem of pedophilia, yeah. they will. And That's it's why. Yeah. Because it's like, think, think about how many movies, because oh, to your point, yeah. think about how many movies, especially if it's in like an uh, older guy with a younger woman. Oh, it's always. almost always fine. Well, one of the movies they talked about was, um, oh shit, was it Gone with the Wind or Casablanca? I don't remember which one of those it was, but... Whoever, like, I believe it yeah. was Gone with the Wind because I think they said Scarlett O'Hara. But it starts off the movie. She's like 16 yeah. or younger. And the guy's like in his 30s. Yeah. Nobody cares. No. It's, you know why? Well, and because then you it's have, a guy. You have uh, uh, Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Baby is young. 
She's at least 17. I mean, the oldest 17, excuse me. And you know that Patrick Swayze's character is older. Well, even... Uh, He's established. I don't, like, I don't think in Casablanca they, they establish the age, but I'm... Oh, that it must I'm, have been gone with the wind. But I'm pretty sure... I, I don't remember the actress's name. But I would not doubt if Humphrey if Humphrey Bogart was, you know, twenty years older than the girl that it's was like, the, that was the actress. You know, I, like I, I just wouldn't doubt it. Like it would not be a surprise at all. It wouldn't even be the thing is like it wouldn't even be a thought. Like right. it wouldn't even be a care. Like you wouldn't even complain no. or worry about it. You no. just be like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. It doesn't but matter. It was an Oscar nominated movie. It involved a very good and heartfelt story and it was emotional about a gay couple and so you got to be mad a bit at it somewhere like you just yeah. have to well you know the you know, gays yeah i mean that's how the world's gonna end give your children guns but don't let them associate with the homosexuals sexuals sexuals so that's i true. actually think i knew that one wow good job boom one that point was, for me yeah one for one <laughs> right there we know what we're doing damn experts all right what's the next one darkest hour yeah so this one i'm gonna guess it's a war movie uh you know actually it's what it's really about is i don't don't know i was trying to make something up i i bet this is what i think (laughs) legit this is my real guess I'm going to look it up after. Um, yeah, look it up after, please. After, after. <laughs> That's after. not too... We don't want to look at it before. We don't no. want to actually know what we're talking about my, before we talk about it. My bet is that it is a war movie about um, soldiers mm-hmm. overseas. A war movie about soldiers? You're getting a little crazy right I now. I know. <laughs> well, it could, be a, it could be a war movie about... Like, sure, a, sure. No, it could be. It hey, could be. you tone down your staff. <laughs> I think it's a war movie about soldiers overseas who go into enemy territory and get captured. Mm. Other bad stuff happens. Mm. I I think think it's a movie about a candy maker who's trying to make the darkest chocolate possible, but he (laughs) only has an hour left to make it before they have to ship it out to the customers. You know, that's not actually that far off because there is the whole movie perfume. So add like a dark (laughs) twist to yours where like he's making this dark chocolate out of like the souls of people around him. Like he, ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, listen, listen. He's a candy maker. He has an hour (laughs) left to make the darkest chocolate. But the way that he's figured out how to make the darkest chocolate is he has been spying on his neighbors and finding their darkest secrets. And he's capturing them and using that to make the darkest chocolate. Okay. Mm -hmm. See. I see. Two for two. Wow. Really? That's it. That's exactly (laughs) what it's about. What is it about? It's, we just, we just said what it was about. (laughs) Ah! All right. What's the next one? I screwed up my thing. I thought you were going to look it up first. Okay. The next one, I do know what it. I well, actually, I don't know that much about it. I just know enough about it. Uh, is Dunkirk? Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yes, it's a Christopher Nolan film. Real quick, Darkest Hour does take place during World War Two. So we were right. Yep. With the what chocolate, the? not the war. Oh, it's Winston Churchill. Oh, that makes sense. Got it. Okay. Does Dunkirk. It, I wonder if it, does it take place during like the bombings or. Uh. See now, so like the London. A, let's see the L- London uh, Blitz. Thrilling and inspiring true story begins at the blah blah. blah. 
Winston Churchill must face one of his most turbulent and defining trials when he meets the doctor. Just kidding. <laughs> Exploring a negotiated peace treaty with Nazi Germany oh. or standing firm to fight for the ideals, liberty, and freedoms of the I nation. See. Okay, That so, makes sense. Right. Um, sure, we're sure. very much about stuff like that right now. Um, okay. Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yes. I know a little bit about this one, so I I, I want to see it is a what you'll say. Period piece that happens. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's about a bunch of women. In... No, I shouldn't have said that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. How do you feel about yourself? Oh, I felt terrible right after I said yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That is that is that is eons of <laughs> so judgment coming down on you oh, in this that moment. makes sense that's fine i deserve it it's yeah, okay <laughs> i'll take so it. it is a period piece I'm not saying anything. <laughs> um taking place in england <laughs> and it is about a young man <laughs> who <laughs> uh is but a lowly Shepherd boy and his rise to power. <laughs> okay, wow. He's the hero of his town. Um, I, the only thing I know about Dunkirk is that it's a war movie also. <laughs> Damn it. See, I was going to say war movie, but then I thought I was going to be redundant. No, no. It. it is a war movie. I, but I don't even listeners. know if it's World War II. I really don't know Let's what see. war it is. I want to say World War II, but I could just be making that up out of thin air because... We romanticize World War II a yeah. lot. We love doing World War II stories. In May 1940, Germany advanced into there France, trapping Isla... What was the word I just said? Yeah, it is. It is that. There we go. See? Boom. Yeah. Okay. Or it's about some guy named Kirk who's not very smart. Dumb Kirk. That would be dumb. This is done. I know. Oh, okay. So it's a, a guy named Kirk who has been cooked very well. He's done. Yep. He's there, done or Kirk. it's that. What's the next one? Okay. <laughs> oh, well, this one we know is Get Out. Oh. I mean, it, I haven't actually seen it, which is terrible. No, but I think we know. But we it all is, know It is Get a documentary. Out. Yes. On um, how... My parents telling me I need to move out no, of the house. No, it is a documentary on how white people treat black people. That's actually, yeah, that's probably yeah. pretty accurate. That's yeah. pretty that's accurate <laughs> representation it's, of it. It's the only thing, so... I have not seen this movie, and I really need to. Yeah, me too. I just, uh, it's expensive to live as a human. Yeah, um, it's But hard. I have. I think it's on HBO Go, though, or something. Watch it. I feel like it's somewhere that we have access to. I am more, in, in all the movies that we've talked about, this is the one I'm most interested yeah. to see. Yeah. Um, but, I don't remember where I was, what I was going to say. Whatever. We know what it's about. Yeah. That this one, yeah, we it is an important film, I think. Yeah, well, um, and it's great because it can also fit within like the horror movie genre, which is cool that a horror that it's movie on is a best being picture yeah. nomination. Yeah. So that's uh, just that in of itself. I think I I think though, like the sad part is is that I doubt it has any real chance of winning best picture. They're gonna. This give is it again part movie. of like the ten movie thing where. If it was back down to five, I I don't know if it would be on there. But with ten, it's like it was such a big movie yeah. that had such a large impact. They're like, well, I guess we can't put it on there. Like we can't not, avoid putting can't it on there, even though there, yeah. probably most of the people in the Academy 
are like, eh. I mean, it is a little bit different. The Academy did change a lot of things after, um, well, after the white Oscars, <laughs> after white Oscars happened. It yeah. was like, well, okay, we need to look at who all of our members are and maybe decide that maybe yeah. just not white people, sh- just not pure well, like, all white people should make all of the like decisions. about what makes the best movie, I think that one of the things that has to make a best picture of the year needs to be the impact that it has. Yeah. Like, Get Out had an incredibly significant yeah, impact. Right. Yeah. I knew more about Get Out than I did about Dunkirk. Right, right. And Christopher Nolan is a known filmmaker too, so it's not like you know it was like some small independent thing. How many movies are we going to have about World War Two? I know right? a lot, so many, a lot. That's so because it was the it was many. the war where we get to be the heroes. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it was. It's a war that has a very clear bad guy. It's very mm-hmm. easy to be like, well, yeah, obviously, which is Hitler crazy bad. considering that. We are now Germany. Yeah. yeah. We are now 1940s Germany. Yeah, it's nice. I feel I feel great yeah, about this that. This is fun. All right, yeah. next movie. Uh, Lady Bird. I know a tiny bit about this one also. I know a tiny bit. Yeah. Uh, there's a mom, there's yeah. a daughter, and there's lesbians. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like... I've always heard that it's a great movie for younger women. Mm-hmm. I think a little more like mm-hmm. teenage women. I know that it has a really good, like, mother-daughter relationship. Yeah. Like, that's something that feels very realistic and that's very, like, emotional and volatile while still being very, like, deep and important yeah. and impactful. Yeah. I've heard really good things about it. And aesthetically, from, like, seeing commercials, it looks good. A little too, like, indie. Maybe. For, like, my general taste. But. I don't know. I, I a, like indie. I, I like No, I like indie. indie, too. I just don't like. They can't see the hand motions, yeah. but they're there. Like I especially like Indiana Jones. Right. Well, I think he's actually in Lady Bird. Is he? Wow. Yeah. Amazing. It's part of the movie. Great. Uh so there's that. That one yep. yeah. Next one, I don't I have zero idea okay. what this movie is. It's called Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. That's what it's called. I have no idea what it is. Okay. It is about a man. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, and he was born to a poor seamstress um, in the 60s in New York. And she would spend hours just sewing and sewing and sewing and trying to make ends meet so that she could provide a life for her son. And he would collect all the, like, the little cutoff threads from like the excess threads and he collected them and then she died a really violent death when he was 15 and he took these threads that he'd collected for years and he made a mask and he became the phantom thread and he avenged his mother wow you yeah. know what I actually think is I actually think it's a pre-prequel to The Phantom Menace. Oh. That's what I think. But I think it's about uh, Anakin's mother, mm-hmm. uh, Shimmy. That's her name. Shimmy Skywalker. Um, and about how she w- had to make a lot of clothes just to make ends meet uh, before. So what you're saying is that shimmy skywalker is the phantom threads mother which is what i just said yeah that's it died a violent death wow it's amazing we obviously got this 100 percent right because we were on the same yeah 
Or yeah. it's talking about another D&D item because there's the Phantom Fist. That's that's true. Which means you can punch things. <laughs> but this is different. It's like a little, you just like stick it under your lapel and it stays there. Wow. And then you can fly. Amazing. All right. I really, can you, why don't you look up what it's yeah. actually about? Could while... you get more beer while that happens? Yeah, sure. Wow, I could really went high pitch for that. Oh, oh. Okay, set in the glamour of 1950s, which for the record, I said 1960s, so I was pretty close. Renowned dressmaker, this guy, and his sister, this lady, are the center of British fashion, dressing royalty, movie stars, heiresses, blah, blah, blah. Women come and go through Woodcock's life, providing the confirmed bachelor with inspiration and companionship until he comes across a young, strong-willed woman who soon becomes a fixture in his life as his muse and lover. Once controlled and planned, he finds his carefully tailored life disrupted by love. With his latest film, etc., etc. Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis is in it. Oh, yeah. I he think he's Reynolds actually Woodcock. up for uh, Best Actor for yeah. it, I believe. That, uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see this, so uh, obviously. Yeah. That sounds boring as hell. It, you know what it sounds like? It sounds it sounds just as boring as Downton Abbey. That's what it sounds like. It sounds worse. Maybe. Because, like, Downton Abbey at least has, like, this is the 1950s. And, like, uh, yeah. yeah I and mean, I hate like, the glamour. I hate the. Like, if you're going to give me a glamour movie, give me a movie about Coco Chanel. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, nice. don't want to hear about this guy who's in love with this woman who, like, wrecks his I don't give a shit. I, you're, what you're telling, what you're showing me right now is a basic romance film that has strong actors and therefore gets nominated. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. When, and again, I mean, we kind of touched on this with, with Get Out, but, like, horror and sci-fi doesn't get considered at all. Yeah. yeah or never, and, like, now with the 10 picture... No, I mean, he's like, okay, sometimes they'll get, like, seriously. they'll get, right, yeah, so they'll get, like, considered, like, but it's a, it's Cabin a quote, in the woods, considered. that movie should have gotten some, fucking something. Like, that yeah. movie was ridiculous. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's just stuff that happens. It's, right, it, it, it's, um. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not watching any of these war movies, and I'm not watching. My, movies. so my brother used to have this uh, girlfriend. Girlfriend. <gasps> <gasps> I can uh, read mine. But so she I was the Phantom uh, Thread. So her family, at least on her dad's side that I know, was like from Mexico and stuff. And so, you know, she had a multicultural background and stuff, which was great. And she talked about and, and this is something that I, I started to look at more was that she would just be like, I'm just tired of seeing so many movies about simple white people problems yes and there's and it's true it's like you look at so many movies and you're like this isn't it's like uh, not necessarily that it's bad that you made a movie about it but there's so many movies well, like, that's about like oh god i like this girl but then things got a little hairy and you're like all right sure you look at the the movie industry and who we have like kind of risen to to fame um it, they're all or mostly all, I shouldn't say all, that's not fair, but mostly all white men. What are white men going to write about? They're going to write about their pretend, yeah, like, harmed egos yeah. when a woman the, yeah, turns right. down. Yeah, that and one time every, that woman rejected me. And every My life single is time, terrible. Like, when you see in a movie a strong-willed woman, the way that they're going to describe her is as a shrew. And right. as a cocktease, that's who she's going to be. Yeah. 
And I know. It's going it's... to be super annoying. And it, I just don't, I don't have time for it. Yeah. And I just, I just I'm thought it was. I'm going to be busy watching. I just thought it was a good point. And, 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 and like you said, it's like, oh, this has like a lot of good actors and stuff. So it's not necessarily that artistically it's necessarily bad but no. the is the subject matter really worth right. and this a is, best picture right. nomination i will watch friends for the hundredth time because that's not nominated for yeah. a best picture and it's the same goddamn thing yeah. white people complaining about white people right. problems so i could just watch friends for free yeah in my apartment yeah because it's like, like at least, at least likeable, even though i think of. they're they're gonna be a tiresome with the war movies but it's like but at least there's something one, these were real wars, right. so you have something there, and also death and terrible things happening. So you have real subject matter, at least, to talk about, yeah. even if you have a lot of things that start to tire you but out. But I think that, like, having a war movie that you... Like, I feel like movies like this Dunkirk movie or The Darkest Hour are specifically crafted for the oscars oh yeah no i'm making a movie about a serious subject matter and it's going to make you feel a lot of things because it's war so people are dying so you feel things and especially if you look at the tumultuous time that we're kind of in this starts to feel like more of a reality and it's something that scares you and so you feel more emotionally invested in it versus other actual well i mean that's the thing is i mean there are the studios do pretty much pick certain movies to go oh this is our oscar movie right this is what we're expecting to get into into the oscars we don't care if it makes money that's not what it's about let's try and let's try and win an award like that's so sometimes they have but i think that that. that's bullshit that's what i don't like yeah whatever uh next movie is one i would also like to watch actually though is the post Yes, yeah, I, I would want like to, watch to see this. that. What I like about the post is, and I've only seen the preview for it, but I like that it's basically a ginormous middle finger to Donald Trump. It was like, hey, you know how you're trying to make the press be quiet? Well, we're going to talk about another time the president tried to make the press yeah, be quiet. And right. you know what we're going to do? We're going to get Tom Hanks, we're going to get Meryl Streep, and we're going to get Steven Spielberg to do it. Yeah, and then you're gonna look like no. An idiot, it's that's what's great. It's a do. it's a very it's one of those timings of movies where they well they timed it so specifically. That's what they were doing. It's what they're clearly doing. It's it's art. It's where art's going. What the hell is going on right now? Yeah, I probably need to say something about this. Well, and see, see, that's a movie that like I'm not surprised that it's nominated for an Oscar, but it feels authentic. Right. So that doesn't feel like a movie that was made. For the Oscars, that feels like a movie that was made to make a statement, right. which is, I think, what art should do. And it doesn't always have to be, like, some deep, meaningful no, thing. No, no. You don't always have to have a movie that's, like, Get Out or, like, The Post yeah. or um, things like that. I would I would say, in some cases, Shape of Water. But um, you could have a movie that's just art. But we're living in a time where that kind of art that needs to make a statement and those of us who live kind of on the outskirts of things need to stand up and start making statements yeah this is the best kind of statement to make yeah no i think get out i think it makes it and it right it's it's saying the press matters you can't just dismiss them you can't just say oh what you're reporting is fake you can't do that but i also think it's holding the press accountable yeah which i think important right, right you have this 
Right. Understand where your lineage is and understand the standards of which reporting is supposed to be at. Fox News needs to cut their shit. Yeah. They just need, like, fucking stop. You know, at this point, we get it. You're literally living inside Trump's asshole. We get it. Mm -hmm. Stop broadcasting from there then because it's bullshit. It's all, like, you want to talk about fake news? Let's talk about Fox News. Yeah. It's bullshit. You have a responsibility yeah. as the people who are getting information out to the public to be honest and to be non-biased right. because the American people deserve that. Well, and I think like the sad part is is that there's a couple of things that are really sad about it. Is One, there are certain reports or stories that you can easily prove to be wrong. And then there's people that just don't care. They're like, right. oh, no, that's that's the mainstream media telling you that. It's like, no, it's not. It's facts are telling me that. It's real life. It's just things are telling me that. And then, oh, no, what was my second point? I lost my second point. I don't know. Uh, but anyway. Um, oh, and also people would take like these legitimate news sources and they don't realize like they, they, they complain about things like the Washington Post or things like that. And they go, oh, they mess up too. It's like, yeah, but when they mess up, they retract their stories. They go, hey, guys, we got this one wrong. We're going to take this out right. and we're going to let you know that we messed that up. Right. Because that's what a responsible reporting is. It's, it's saying we know we're not going to get every single thing right. So when we mess up something, we retract it and we go – we got that wrong. You, know you could also that was do our fault in a press job, though, is you could go to a make-believe country and pretend to be a girl's nanny and then marry a prince. Uh, yeah, Netflix has taught us a lot. Mm-hmm. We were, What's the next it's not movie? Even, we're not even going to say what that nope. movie is. Everybody's nope. just going to have to know it. They'll have to know. Okay. They can listen to our first uh, Well, podcast. hey, the next one is the one that we have both seen. Yes. Maybe in the same theater together. Probably like a couple seats away. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, is The Shape of Water. Which was great. Awesome. It was, a it great was really movie. good. But I think that like Guillermo del Toro is one of those creative minds that I feel, and it's, there, it is bias on my point, so I'm kind of being hypocritical, but I, I feel like he's one of those creative minds that just doesn't exist as much anymore. Uh, yeah. He really has his vision, and he really goes for it. And there's no explanation. There's no like build up to it. It's just this is his world. Mm-hmm. He did it with Pan's Labyrinth. He did it with Devil's yeah. Backbone. He did it with um, I, I think he did it with Hellboy. Which, uh, to be fair, like that was a world that already existed. But right, but he he still makes it his own. Though. Right. And which I'm is, I think, one. is is enough. Is uh, there's enough di- difficulty there too? I mean, they, the nice thing is, is I uh, I really don't know also what this serious contention Shape of Water will get for Best Picture. I think Guillermo del Toro does have some serious consideration for Best Director for it. Well, well, win Best Picture because it's not a war movie, right? I don't. I just don't know. I mean, it would be nice because if you're going to pick a fantasy movie. Considering that Avatar got serious consideration. But I don't feel like, and I guess like that's the thing is to me, I don't feel like Shape of Water is a fantasy no, movie No, but all. that's how it's going to be labeled. What I would say is if if Phantom Thread is something that's being considered, then, and even being like, and I don't know what people are talking about with any of it, but this is 
sounds like a much more beautiful or interesting love story than right. Phantom Thread could be. I, know. With... I, I just, I, I'm just saying, I don't know. I mean, like, but one has Daniel Day Lewis. So... If something like either The Shape of Water or Get Out won, I would, would be, be awesome. I would just be, I, I would not expect it at all. I would no. be actually shocked that one of those two things won. I would, mm, I would expect something maybe like Lady Bird. I could see, yeah. Uh, or like, yeah, the war movies make sense. Uh, people do love war movies. Shape of Water, though, if you have not seen it, try to. I think it yeah. is a super, like, just, it's so beautiful. Yeah, well, and- but it's like, even even with that, it's like, you know, he finally gets, like, consideration for this, but I, I would have put, like, Pan's Labyrinth and stuff on oh, there. Oh, definitely. For, Pan's Labyrinth yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah. But, and again, it's, it's, it's why he should have made the Hobbit, and why I will he never, have. ever, ever forgive Cannot the forgive fandom. Those fans. Yeah, I will never forgive the fandom because they ruined it. And they tr- did. Uh, like, honest to God, true fans of Lord of the Rings, like my father, who <laughs> spoke Elvish and celebrated Bilbo and Frodo's birthday and wore capes and things, they know. They yeah. feel it. They are like, yeah. shouldn't have been. I Peter know. Guillermo del Toro doing the Hobbit would because have been because the Hobbit is a children's book. Yeah. It's a children's story. Yeah. It's not Lord of the Rings. Yeah. They're two different things. And Guillermo del Toro has that perfect balance of um like dark, scary, beautiful, childlike yeah. fantasy. Ooh. Yeah. It's a dark whimsy. What is the oh, shit. There's a movie that he did with um Ah Tom Cruise's ex wife, Katie Holmes. And there's these little creatures. <sighs> okay. The darkness or that sounds familiar. Something like that. Yeah, he did that movie, and it was it was good. Also, it was in that same. But he creates these yeah. like, creatures that exist, and there's no explanation to why they are there. They just are. Well, yeah. Oh, no, I mean, he always. It's, so it's like one of my favorite things is in the second Hellboy movie, as they get to the troll market, and it's just like this cool world of all these different creatures there's not a bunch of explanation for it but no. you were bought into it. as soon as you get into that world you're like i want to spend more time exactly. here i want to be here like this is what i want this is where i want to be and i think with the hobbit it needed some of that whimsy more right. but it's like the way it's like they one i think they used way too many special effects for stuff uh, in certain locations, yeah. you uh, threw in Legolas for no real reason, well, I mean, other than like, to throw in Legolas. I'm, if I'm going to talk about any elf that was added in for no reason, I'm going to oh, talk well, about the she elf. That's true. I can't. That's, that's, I can't yeah. let that romance. But at it, least, at least Legolas, you were like, oh you, yeah, well, one he existed during one, this time. You had one dwarf who didn't have prosthetics on it. Oh, he gets with the elf, completely obliterating the importance of Gimli and Legolas's relationship. The only great part about her being there, and I say it all the time, but it's when Thrandall yeah. just like laid the smack down. He was like, quit coming after my son, girl. You're not going to get with him because you are a fool. You are a simple sylvan elf, and I hate you. Yeah. Later. Later, yeah. bitch. <laughs> what, what was that? Uh, hold on. Him. Let's see if we can recreate the scene. I'll be, I'll be her. Okay. Um, I, didn't, I didn't think you would let your son be with just a common elf. I wouldn't. Ooh, cape drop. <laughs> Later. There we go. And He's actually what it is is he starts off by saying, right. my son has been quite oh, taken with you. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then that's she right. says, 
I did not think that you would allow your son to be with such a simple sylvan elf. Simple. Sylvan I didn't, elf. I didn't really it's know what that. Yeah. Because Thranduil's like one of the top dogs. Yeah, yeah. He's like one of the ancients of the ancients. And then he never died. He just stopped existing. Yeah. He like protected Mirkwood for so long. And then there was a big battle. And then a bunch of Mirkwood was destroyed. And he basically freed his elves and went into the wilderness. Yeah. Why not? That's Thranduil. He's like, yeah. God, I love him. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, the, so there's that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's where the Sheep of Water got us to, which actually makes sense. Yeah. Uh, how we got there. What's next? And then the last one oh. is uh, one actually I also do want to see is three bo- three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I only want to see this because I know who wrote it. Okay. I have never heard of this. I've only I've only heard things about it actually on other podcasts. But not like enough to tell you. I have no idea what it's actually about. Tell me what it's about, though. Since you're the expert on it. So it's about a girl who lives in Missouri, and she is about thirteen or fourteen years old. So her and her friends call it Misery. That's what she writes in her journal. And she has a single mom, and her dad left her when she was really young. But her mom always told her that her dad was one of these guys on a billboard right outside her town. Like, oh, that's your dad. Um. He had to leave because he's really famous. He has his job. So she grew up looking at these billboards. And it's like that billboard that has her dad that she thinks. And then there's like (laughs) another one that's about travel and then there's another one that's just blank. It's like one of the, you know, when you pass those yeah. billboards that are like, you're, you're sign here. And then it has yeah. the number. And so that's what she grew up with. And so she just knew that when she got older, she'd have to go find her dad. She'd have to go find this man. And so she, she grows up and she goes on this like life changing adventure to find her father to only to find out oh, the guy on the billboard isn't her dad. Wow. Her dad is just like this bum who knocked her mom up and then left and is this is, is this just the phoebe buffet story is that no, what you're he's doing living in indiana now <laughs> he lives in indiana and he's a drunk but uh, as she goes about because she goes all the way to hollywood to try to find him wow and when she's there she gets discovered wow yeah, and then this her, is actually, her bum dad comes back to try to get money from her. This is actually feels like a combination between Phoebe Buffay and the movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's what it sounds like. It's the real movie, though. It's the real one. Yeah. What is this movie so called? It's about uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I bet if I type in I've heard three, great things about it, and I love the writer. I typed in three. It's the first one that popped up. For this, who is a playwright. That's the oh, only okay. reason why I know it and why I would like because I, I love that two of the movies that I've seen from him are uh, Seven Psychopaths and In Bruges, which I love both of those movies also. So I would like to see it. Huh. This actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, after months have passed without a culprit in her daughter's murder case, Mildred Hayes mm. makes a bold move, painting three signs leading into her town with a controver- controversial message directed at William. I'm not going to try to pronounce that. Willoughby? It's Willoughby. Sure. I got thrown <laughs> off by all the letters. The town's revered chief of police. When his second-in-command, Officer Dixon, an immature mother's boy with a penchant for violence, gets involved, the battle is only exuberated. 
That actually yeah. sounds pretty good. All well, right. it's uh, Martin McDonough. Is that his whole name? I, don't I know, know. McDonough's last name, but I exited out. Anyway, so like he's I I like a lot of his stuff, and I've I'm familiar with his playwright his play his plays. Man, I don't know why he's trying to add extra words into that. And just like I said, Seven Psychopaths and In Bruges, I also love both of those oh, movies. So okay, okay. You know, because he's kind of like a weirder writer. His plays well, are like, his plays too are actually more extreme than the movies that he. I writes like too. movies that are not about war because <laughs> I think that's cheap. Um, are not about cancer or. Uh, terminal disease which i think like there are important but, stories yeah, that come from there yeah. and i'm not trying like i don't want to say that like every movie that's ever been yeah. made about like okay. a good example to me is my sister's keeper it's a fine enough book we studied it in high school um it's okay but it's a book that is intentionally made to make you feel something because that's all of jody picolt's books they are written to make you feel emotional because if you feel emotional if you cry right. if you feel something it makes you automatically connected to My, that it's it's, it's it's the lifetime channel it's, yeah it's effect. it's like um yeah. i really don't like the um paranormal activity movies because they're fine enough. Like, the stories yeah. are okay. But what you're running into is a cheap scare tactic. So they don't have to try to build suspense because it's built into how they have filmed it. Right. Without it being a good enough story. So you have the Blair right. Witch so you Project. Have, so what you have is, I don't know, maybe you might disagree. But it's like, but what you have is pretty much decent filmmaking centered around a not very good story. So it's well, like you have, or or maybe... I don't know, you have the Blair Witch filmmaking. Project, which was very successful right. because it was the first one of its kind. And because people legitimately believed it was found footage. They thought this was real. Right. Because yeah. that's the way they made it. But it was a vague enough story and done in such a way. Like, and I I don't even, like, I have a hard time watching the Blair Witch Project because I started to get, like, shaky cam. Or, like, whatever. But um, it's still interesting. And it's scary. Like, I, I feel afraid right. for... Who's this witch? What's yeah. happening? What's the story behind this? Because we don't know. We know as much as the people who are there know. But paranormal activity doesn't actually have, like, a solid enough story. It's, like, it's very wishy-washy. It's very vague, but not in, like, seeped in lore kind of right, a way. It's, it's not, like, it, maybe it's, there's a demon or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Because there's, there's something about where you have a a really good... Like, especially, like, anything that's, like, fantasy or horror and stuff, you can have these vague stories, but you know there's something deeper there. It's like, you know, yeah. we just don't know what it is. Well, I, and I honestly, I think it comes back to authenticity. So, like, Blair Witch Project was an idea that someone had, this is going to make a good horror movie. Like, what if you found, found, like, what if you found this footage in the woods and this is what the kids went through? Like, wouldn't that be interesting? Versus, I feel like Paranormal Activity is capitalizing on that kind of idea right because they could actually create or film or tell a story that was actually suspenseful right that's what i think so pretty much hear me out pretty much what you're saying Mm -hmm. is that the paranormal paranormal activity is a brewery that only uses a bunch of hops in all of their beers because they don't actually know how to make beer right so they just throw hops into everything so that way they can hide all of the bad parts yes, of the beer. Yes, and 
uh, Paranormal Activity is a brewery where everything is an IPA, except for you have one Hefeweizen that still tastes like an IPA and one, like, Pilsner that also tastes like an IPA. Right. No, not a Pilsner. It's a blonde. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a Hef. It's not a Pilsner. Right. It's a blonde. Right. And you're like, ooh, this is our light summer this blonde. Is a, right. This is our... Uh, IBU of 95. Right. It's like, a, it's like our edgy blonde yeah, or something they would like yeah. name it something yes, yeah that's like, supposed to sound like yeah, yeah versus like blair witch project is actually an like a good ipa like you get right. it and you're like this is pretty solid right, it has the right amount of hops with also hoppy. a actual understanding yes. of beer making yes. it's like <laughs> still really hoppy but it doesn't make my mouth feel like I licked a bunch of leaves and it's like, it's like good flavor. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to eat a burger with this or like a, like a, like a lot of bread. Not like I want to go home and I'm sad. I wasted my money, which is what paranormal activity made me feel. So that's a great analogy. And this is how we got from the three billboards <laughs> outside Epic Missouri. Well, no, because the, no. <laughs> n- not to that one specific. We went through all the movies. No, no, I know. I know. I'm just... tired of like, Good, they're good enough stories. Judy Picoult's a fine writer. War movies, I guess, are important. Although I think right now they're a little propaganda-y. Yeah, personally. you can be... Oh, well, I mean, obviously, we haven't seen those other two, so I, I, we can't say for right. certain that they're like that. Can but be. right, they, they can be a little bit like, America, yeah! Look Allies, yeah! Yeah. Right. Which I think is rough. Right. But... I like it. I like a war movie that talks about the actual complications of war, which is, hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't just say good, bad, I'm evil, good. Just tired of World War Two movies. Yeah, and it's about, just like, a lot. The, it's a like, very saturated market and stuff. Like I, it, they're important, and I get. And I, I say that with like not wanting to um, diminish the sacrifice that was actually made because. Right war is terrible and right. the people who have fought in them are heroes they deserve to be treated as heroes yeah but i think capitalizing on that in a way to try to make yeah like to to reconnect the american public to war is weird and i don't well, like so that like one of my favorite movies of all time is good morning vietnam and wow. one of the things I love about that movie is that Robin Williams' character, um, Adrian Cronauer, um, who's a real person, uh, actually lived or is from my near my college town in Roanoke, Virginia, where I went to college. It, well, I went to college. That would in, be a college town. Yeah, uh, which is cool. That's just like a fun little fact. But that he befriends – this kid who's a Vietnamese kid and then it turns out he works with the Viet Cong on pretty much undercover and tries to get into places and blow things up and destroys things and on a surface you go well that kid's bad but like towards the end of the movie the kid talks about like all of these people that he knew in his village and family members like his brother and all these people that have died at the hands of Americans Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm not the enemy. You're the enemy. And he, like, runs away from Robin Williams. Like, this is towards the end of the movie. So, sorry for the spoilers. But, you know, this movie did come out in the 80s. And, You're dead to me now. Yeah, right. And he's like, you know, and, and at the end of it, 
Robin Williams is like, wait, we're here to help this country, and then it kind of cuts away. But it kind of helps show that it's not everything is just good, bad, evil, good, that it was – you need to understand that these people are also looking at us and going, we're bad. We are bad people. What it's like that they're looking at it that way. is the end of Into the Woods. So congratulations, right. you and Stephen Sondheim. Right. So it's just, um, so I, it's nice when war movies take yeah, in and, the nuances and again, of like everything. Like you said, we haven't seen these ones, so we can't say, we, can't, we don't know for sure. But it would be... At, very arrogant of us to assume what they are. Right. And it's so, I have so a feeling. I have a feeling, but I don't I don't I haven't seen them. And it it is also possible that I don't enjoy war movies because they spark a lot of severe anxiety in me and I do not enjoy yeah. them and I don't I just I don't like them. But I think the last war movie, if you could even call it that, that I watched was Atonement. And by the end of it, I was furious. Wow. So, wow. So, uh, we are now on to the actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting uh, actress. Um, okay. Obviously, we don't have to guess these people as much, I guess. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, well, the first one is actually uh, Timothy Ooh, Chalamet, maybe. Seems very French because it has the accent aigu on the Timothy. This is for Get Out? No, no, no. This is for Call Me By Your Name. Oh. Yeah. Uh, is up for it. We have Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. Ah. Uh, which, not surprising, is Daniel Day-Lewis. Right. Usually when he does a the movie, they're like, yeah, Best Picture nomination. Right. Because he is a a super good actor. Right. Uh, even if the movies aren't great, you're like, but that guy did a great job. Uh, we have uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya for Get Out. I don't mm. know how to say his name. Oh. I feel really bad. Uh, we have Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and we have Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. But it didn't get nominated for Best Picture, huh? But it didn't get nominated. For no, Best that or yeah, in Darkest Hour did. Oh, yeah, that's still one. Which means you did a pretty good job if you're getting nominated for Best Actor. It is actor. Denzel Washington. It is Denzel Washington, right? So what about uh, for Best Actress? Best Actress, we have Sally so Hawkins. Now we're looking at uh, uh, getting paid less than. Yes, yes, yes. Especially the, the less than. The less than, especially if it is a black actress, in which oh, case the exactly. very, very less. Than. Well, I mean. Don't aren't shouldn't they just be thankful that they're getting <laughs> yeah. into these movies? Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it's like I'm joking, but that's pretty much what people right. say. <laughs> so, lead actress, we have Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, which would be great awesome. for her. That would be great. Also, it's just cool to have a uh, representation of a deaf person mm-hmm. as a lead role in a movie, mm-hmm. and it's not really. It's like. It's not even really about her being deaf either. You know, it's like it's not at all I mean, about it's mentioned, but deaf. it's like, but it's not right. It's not about being deaf. It's just she just is deaf, and we are following this character around. So that's cool. Uh, that's just a cool character thing, Francis. I do wish that she was like that. They had chosen an actually deaf actor. Yeah, that would I I think that would have been cool. I think that would have been great, but. You know, I guess progress can be slow. So at least the character right. was a deaf actress. I mean, I, yeah, not a deaf actress, but at least the character was a deaf 
character represented in a way that it wasn't like, oh, let's make a movie about a deaf person. Right. It was that was just the, who the character was. Right. Uh, we have Francis uh, McDormand for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh. We have uh, Margot Robbie for I Tonya, which I've heard really good things about that movie. I Tonya. Oh, yeah, I Tonya. I comma Tonya. No. What? No, 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 no. No. It's Tanya. Tanya. It's Tanya Harding. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh God, this is a Sharknado you know, scenario. <laughs> this is what I do. I just mispronounce <laughs> things all the time. I, can't, I don't hear how they're Harding. said, and then you I know, did, I had no idea what it was about. I, I didn't know what it was about. Super interesting Tanya. about that makes sense. That though. So uh, I Tanya is a <laughs> God. Are you sure that's how it's said? <laughs> yes. Are you sure? Uh, is about Tanya Harding and the whole <laughs> oh, thing that happened know. with Nancy Kerrigan. Oh, I had no idea. Do you what know it was what about. happened with Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan? <sighs> I feel like if you say it, I'll start remembering. Okay, so, and I I was young at the time, so I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to look it up. I don't want to butcher this because it's it's super important. Uh, Tanya. Do you want me to go through Tonya. these other couple names that we yeah, have for best actors? Yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> I can't uh, believe you said I, Tonya. I, that's all, I didn't know what it was about, so I just made up my own pronunciation. Uh, oh, gosh, I don't know how to say her name. Say S A. O I R S E Ronin. Say. I don't. Say O. Say or Say or C. I don't know. For Lady Bird and Meryl Streep for the Post. Of course, ah. Meryl Streep. Oh, Meryl Streep. It's a Daniel Day. It's the same thing as a Daniel okay. Day Lewis scenario. Yeah. So what happened um, during the 1994 U.S. Figure Skating Championships in De- in Detroit? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yep. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan was attacked after a practice session, oh, um, and right. it turned out that it was um, Tanya Harding's yeah. ex-husband, self-appointed and self-appointed bodyguard. So the whole idea of I Tanya, Tanya. There you is go. You kind got of it. about like what? her side coming from the wrong side of the tracks because Nancy Kerrigan was kind of like America's sweetheart. Yeah. And Tanya Harding was like, she didn't have a lot of money, so mm-hmm. all of her costumes were handmade, and costuming is a big part of figure skating. Right. So it seems like an interesting movie, but one of the comments about it that I really appreciated was actually Johnny Weir. Oh. Um, he came out and said, basically, this movie is bullshit, and you don't get to romanticize bad behavior. And it doesn't matter yeah. if you're from the wrong side of the tracks. It is not an excuse to be a bad person. Right. And like Nancy Kerrigan has been asked about how she feels about the movie. And she's basically like, I don't want to be a part of anything anymore. Um, I'm <laughs> like, I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah. Like she, if she wants to say her piece that way, good for her, but it's not going to happen. Like, um, and I think that her reaction I, to that I and her, like her now. not yeah. being like, you know, yeah, the media really portrayed it in a poor way. Like this woman was attacked. Right. And Tanya Harding did have some part in it. Yeah. I do. Uh, yes. And no, so I, I, yes. I kind of like when I read his, his comment, I was kind of like, you know, that's a, it's a really fair point. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know Tanya Harding personally. And like I said, again, I was young when it happened. So I don't know what the initial like feelings were for everything. Right. Um, I quite frankly don't know what her opinion her stance or the actual evidence of like her how involved she was in it but a woman was attacked because there was a good chance she was going to beat tanya harding right and that's just it's messed up yeah so nothing against margot robbie like 
you know. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. It's just, it was just an interesting. Uh, we have supporting characters here. Hold on, supporting I characters. I wish a supporting actor. We have William Defoe. William Defoe for the Florida Project. What about? Oh, you know, uh, also about that movie, because um, one of my coworkers for is the Florida from Project. Florida. Yeah. Okay. So she um, she saw that movie because she's from near that area of Florida. Oh, okay. She said it was good, but not as good as people were making it out to be. Like, it was fine, but it was kind of like... Yeah. Eh. Well, it didn't get a best, best picture nod, at least, I guess. No, and it is Willem Dafoe or Willem Friend. Well, I mean, again, it's like sometimes you have to go, well, did somebody do a really good job for a not... Yeah as good a movie right and it's like again, you might have done great well maybe this movie solid actor maybe this movie and sometimes you have to go maybe this movie is considered as good as it is because the actors were good enough right to sort of raise the bar of the movie so that people went oh this movie's great but really what you had was really good acting uh-huh. to to uh to elevate average material mm-hmm. sometimes that happens and willem dafoe is definitely a character who can do that i think actually I, I well, if we had people who really listened, I might get hate for this. But that's how I kind of feel about Boondock Saints. I feel like not just Willem Dafoe, but I feel like Boondock Saints is a well, it's pretty much a Quentin Tarantino ripoff. That if it didn't have the right actors, if it didn't have the actors that it had, because the two brothers are also great. Yeah, those actors and Willem Dafoe is amazing. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have them, like those actual actors playing those characters. That movie could have just been a non like I nobody would have cared about it. I don't think. I Have only watched Boondock Saints once because I cannot watch the scene with the cat. Oh right, yeah. I yeah. really hate unnecessary yeah. animal. Violence. But there's there's so there's stuff in that movie where Willem Dafoe was like, I'm going to do this thing because I think sense. this is right. That makes so sense. So it's like where you have the actors are crea- helping create things within the movie because the second one of it. Is just not nearly as impressive because it's more of just the writer director taking over, and you're like, mm. you're not actually that good. Okay, not that you're bad. You're not a bad movie maker. You're not a bad writer, but you're just the amount of attention that Boondock Saints gets. It's not really that good if you didn't have if you just didn't happen to cast the right people in That's those fair. roles. That's fair. So that Who's just next? happens sometimes. Uh, we have Woody Harrelson in Three, Bo- Three Billboards Outside Evans, Missouri. I love mm. Woody Harrelson. I great. like him a lot, yeah. Uh, we have Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water. Uh, so he's the older gay gentleman oh. in The oh, Shape of Water. He was good. He's he a was great, great actor, too. So I, wait, that guy's the guy awesome. who plays, like, does the guy who plays the fish man get anything? I don't. Not in this. <laughs> Bullshit. I, well, you know, that's, sometimes that happens. Bullshit. It's uh, like Darth Maul all over again. We have Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World. I don't know what any of those things mean. <laughs> and we have Sam Rockwell, who I also love, for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Wow, they have two supporting actors. Them. What about supporting actors? in that? I'm a huge Chris Sam Rockwell is. fan, just putting that out there. We have Mary J. Blige. Yeah, for uh, Mudbound. It's a movie we've, I have no idea what okay. it's about. Way to go, Mary J. Blige. Uh, but it's about mud that is very contained, I right. believe. I think in um, a jar. Yeah, <laughs> in a jar. We have Allison Janney for I, Tanya. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's what we decided. There you that go. Was it. Yeah. Allison Janney is awesome. She Who is, is she? a great actress. She Well, she's from West Wing. 
is where I know her most. Who'd she play in West Wing? She's the press secretary in West Wing. She's very tall. CJ? CJ, You yes. can say her name. I have yes. seen okay. her. Okay, yes. yep, I know her. Yeah, so yes. she's an awesome actress. Yes. Um, okay. We have Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread. Not a real movie, but okay. Not sure. <laughs> we have Lori Metcalf for Lady Bird. Okay. And we have, oh, right, and we have Octavia Spencer okay. for The Shape of Water. Good. I yes. was, as you were getting down that list, and I didn't hear her name yet, I was like, mm, no, <laughs> we better she get Octavia. amazing. Oh, and she is, she's always amazing, she though. She is. She, she's ridiculous. She, she's one of the people who's brought up recently, right, for the pay difference? Yeah, um, I, shit, I can't remember the name of the white actress's name. She's a redhead. Uh, but they were in a movie together, and... I'm gonna look it up. This is in, this is just not right. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna talk about a story, I should I should know all the names. Well, for something like this, especially, yeah. I mean, so, like the not knowing about movies and stuff, it's easy to make up stuff. It's not a <laughs> there's nothing weighty to yeah, that. I'm just this letting you know that when you, has when you edit it. this, uh, please. I'll make it sound like you know what you're talking about from Thank the get go. I can do that. I mean, it's uh, depending on how you start your next sentence when yeah. you're talking okay, about got it. it. Uh, Jessica Chastin. That's what it was. Uh, Jessica Chastin is um, this person, and her and Octavia Spencer were in a film together. I do not know which one, because that takes a lot of scrolling. Um, but basically, they were talking about uh, like the pay difference between actresses and actors. Yeah. And um, Octavia Spencer was like, well, you know, I get paid less than you because... Right. Actresses of color get even less than actresses who are white. And uh, um, uh, Jessica Chastain was like, what? That's that's bullshit. Like, that's not going to happen. So she um, worked with Octavia and they got it. So their contracts are basically linked. So nice. they would get paid the same. Nice. Um, and it was more than five times what Octavia Spencer's original salary was wow, supposed to be. Five that is isn't crazy. that crazy five times because yeah. when you're thinking about the amount of money that goes into movies that is that is an insane well, amount spencer's like she a is no name she's one of the best actresses in the world she just she's just one of the best actresses in the world five you times should want her, her salary because if you have a movie yeah. that she, that has women in it <laughs> period you should be like yeah, there's consideration. Octavia Spencer. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely somebody I'm going to consider right, right? there. Um, ah, God, it's like well, it's like so you had the TV show. Um, was it Frankie and ah, shoot? Oh, uh, uh, Grace and Frankie. Grace, yeah, Grace and Frankie. And so those are the two women in the yeah. show. Were but they it, getting paid less than their male than the male counterparts yeah. who were like the husbands? And you're like, and they were, and it was just like a similar situation. They're like, well, that. That doesn't make any sense. Like, what? They're the ones whose names are on the show. Like, their their characters are the name of the show. Oh, so the men actually did something about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if I remember correctly, hopefully I'm. I mean, well, it was Martin Sheen who's a pretty good guy. Yeah, and I forget. God, Can you believe his son is Charlie now. Sheen though? Yeah, I know. Crazy. I know. Sometimes crazy, crazy things happen. Your Even if you're loves, a good guy, doesn't your mean you're kid automatically loves coke so much. Doesn't <laughs> automatically mean your kid's going to be stable. So. Um, but yeah, so they, they, I think I'm pretty sure they worked something out so they get paid at least the same, but even then it's like their name, their well, you know, character names are with, the names of the show with Ellen. Oh shit. What's her name? 
<laughs> I always want to call her Ellen Pompey, and I know that's not right. Whatever the actor from uh, Grey's Anatomy, she oh, plays Meredith know. Grey, the you know right. the Grey's main character Anatomy, and sure. she would like. There were a few times where she was upset about her pay because she got paid less than Patrick Dempsey. Right. And they said, we don't need you for the show. We can just, <laughs> we have him. We don't actually need you. God. Her name is the show. Yeah. She's the main character. Yeah. And then when he left the show and she was kind of like, you know, go, it, it, she said that it was emotional because like she'd been with him for so long sure, on the show sure. and they had like a, this on-show relationship and even though their personal relationship wasn't super like great it was still like exhausting yeah. so she goes on vacation and like four days into her vacation she gets a like a packet with the new script and her character already has a new boyfriend she's like oh, what the hell yeah my character's the love of her life just yeah. died why does she need another guy? Because she's a woman. Right. right. Women need men in their lives. Duh. It's true. That's how true. it works. What are our how could categories? you survive without a man? Anyway, we have director. Uh, we have Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. Okay. We have Jordan Peele for Get Out. That makes sense. We have Greta Gerwig. 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 I'm not sure. Uh, for Lady Bird. Okay. Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom for Phantom for mm. Phantom Thread. Not a real movie. And we have Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. I would personally just love and be amazed if Jordan Peele won for oh, Get Out. Though, yeah, that would be awesome. That would really like th- for me. That would show that the Academy has taken some sort of a turn yeah. to yeah. not only just consider other types of movies, but also consider other types of races. Yeah. For well, and other types of, of directors, because Jordan Peele has a really like strong perspective, yeah, which I think is a really important perspective that you don't often yeah. like. We need to see more in movies because maybe if some <laughs> old white crusty person is sitting in a movie theater and sees a perspective that's different from their own, maybe it'll start to change something. Yeah, um, and not that the entirety of changes on the shoulders of jordan peele himself well him yes specifically it is on him but in general um but that would i mean it would just be that would that would be awesome yeah but we awesome. also have greta gerwig or gerwig yeah um, for lady be, bird which would be great i would be happy with and guillermo also del i love guillermo del yeah. toro which would also be awesome so there we go it's nice that they threw in one woman though yeah That's one good. yeah they got they got their they token. got one black person. Yeah. They have one woman. Yeah. Though, I mean, I will say uh, during the Avatar, so Hurt Locker was, I forget the director's name, but she's uh, James Cameron's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty sweet because she get like one like best director and best picture. And it's just like, right, screw yeah. you, buddy. Yeah. Look at that. I won over you. Um, even though yours really shouldn't have been considered for those two things at, at all. all anyway. But. You know, whatever. At least I still beat you. Uh, best animated feature. We have The Boss Baby. No. <laughs> sure. We have The Breadwinner. I don't... Mm-mm. I don't have, know what that no, is. You, we have Coco, which is the Oh, yeah. I've heard Pixar really good movie. things about Coco. We have Ferdinand. Okay. And we have Loving Vincent. I am a so. little surprised that none of Studio Ghibli's movies are on there. Did he have one this year? Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you have this year? Um, 
I think it's called. God, I'll have to look it up. Because he does get on there. You know, he's been on there before, obviously. Obviously. I mean, if he hasn't, I mean, that would be, like, the worst thing you could ever do, I feel like. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't really have a lot of... I, I just feel like the animated features this year were never really anything that... I mean, like, Coco at least had some... The the nice thing with, with Coco is that it was sort of a, 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 a different cultural... Right. ...representation, which was great. So, like, that had that, but there wasn't really, beyond that, like, none of them, like, had as much of an impact as other years. Right. Like, Pixar, but really, most of the time, it's Pixar who has, like, the effect where people are like, well, maybe a best picture. You know, people thought about that for Up. They thought about that for right. Wally. I think even maybe Toy Story 3 kind of got that sort of a nod yeah, where people were like, maybe like- that should be considered. I feel like that's more nostalgia than anything. Yeah, but it's a, but animated features are another thing that kind of get overlooked in that department for oh we shouldn't even really consider it because oh it's just an animated movie but like but that doesn't make any sense as if there's no creativity <laughs> that needs to go into an animated feature like I don't understand why it's just so easy to look those I... things look past those things and go oh they don't matter. They don't really deserve consideration as if they're not real movies when it's like they take just as much work, if not more, for an animated movie. It takes a lot of work. It does take a lot it's of work. It's a lot of stuff that you have to do for an animated movie and that they don't get the same kind of weight added to them. Uh, we have original screenplay. So original screenplay, we have The Big okay. Sick, which is Emily V. Gordon and Kum- oh, God, I love this guy and I don't know really how to say his name. You should have looked it up. Yep. Kumail, Kumail, Kume Nanjiani, uh, who is from the Silicon Valley show also. This might be where he's best known for. Is he, is he one of the four guys? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, which I really want to see that movie. It's a, it's, it's, it's a romantic comedy in a lot of ways, but people That's are, fine. Romantic comedies yeah, are fine. But it's, people are like pretty much it's like a game changer of romantic comedies where people are like this is that's like that's a it's pretty big them's pretty yeah. big well because it has a multicultural thing to it aspect to it which is great and um so we have get out by jordan peele mm-hmm. also would be great mm-hmm. if it won we have Lady Bird, which is also by greta gervig so we have jordan peele and greta who are Crushing on there for it. best director and writers. we have the shape of water guillermo del toro and vanessa taylor and we have three billboards outside Ed, 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 Ebbing, Missouri by Martin McDonough. Got it. Um, I think there's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah. I don't that really. Sounds pretty solid. That sounds like a pretty solid original yeah. screenplay lineup right there. So, yeah. I, I mean. So, who do you think will win Best Picture? Oof. I think it's going to be The Darkest Hour. Yeah, I could see that. It's hard. Obviously, I mean, we are, we are super experts in this. Right. Uh, so, my expert opinion. Of guess well, I've also heard a lot of things about three bo- three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I think it's going to be the darkest hour, but I could see Darkest Hour or Dunkirk also taking it. I think the Darkest Hour because it's less like in your face of a war movie. Sure, sure. Plus, Gary Oldman is in it. Sure, and he's great. Yeah, and it's Winston Churchill, which inspires a lot of yeah. people to think 
great. Or you could always end up with like a La La Land sort of a thing happening. Who knows? Mm. (laughs) A couple things. Did you see Mark Hamill is uh, presenting at the Oscars? Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Star Wars is up for none of those awards. No, that's why he's uh, just nominating. Yeah. Or yeah. Is, uh, Even though he was I mean. kick ass in he the second Star Wars amazing. movie, he was amazing. amazing! Like performance Everything about Star Wars of his lifetime, is perfect. probably. And if anybody wants to talk to me about uh, the Last Jedi, I can tell you right now, you don't want to. I thought there was a great. I think it was J.J. Abrams had a great thing where like people were like, when people they were asking like, oh, what do you think about the people complaining about? It? And he's like, I think it's just a lot of people who don't like strong women. Pretty awesome. much, he was like, "I just that's what I think." I think it's a lot of people who are uncomfortable seeing strong women in movies. And I have and like, my complaints sweet. about the storytelling, but that storytelling does not outweigh how fucking amazing that movie was. Yeah, it was great. I, yeah, there were. Pro- I mean, I, most movies are going to have things that you're like, "Oh, you know what people maybe hate? If you adjust they it. hate strong women and they hate emotional men." Because Kylo <laughs> Ren has he spent that because we consider movie, emotional men to yep, be feminine. He spent that entire movie weepy eyed and on the brink of something crazy, and people can't handle that. Right. So they're like, he's not that strong. Yeah, yeah he, and and don't you dare share the uh, a snippet of Mark Hamill's conversation where he like complains about the movie, but then. Literally right after that complaining, he goes, but then I realized I was wrong after seeing the right. movie. <laughs> he, posted, he posted about it on his social yeah, media. He was like, yeah, I said this stuff where I wasn't sure. And then I saw the movie and I was like, yeah, yeah. nope. That guy fucking knew what he was doing. Yeah. I should have just shut my mouth. Right. Exactly. So because Mark Hamill's a solid guy. Yeah. Who's like, oh, I'm going to. Yeah, because he's an outspoken guy. So he's going to say things, which is great. And I think he has the right to. But again, just like a responsible well, journalist goes, oh, if I feel like I was wrong, I'm going to say, God, and I feel like I was super, wrong. super like saturated in the star. Like Mark Hamill is Star Wars. He yeah. Just ha- like, yeah. He's fucking Luke Skywalker. Of course, he has opinions on what the world is or how the movie should turn out because he's been doing them yeah. for so long. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's right. 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 And he realized that. Exactly. You know, and he went, man. He felt very That looked great. Connected. I now seeing yeah. it, I understand how exactly. it all came together. Exactly. And I understand what it meant. I and hope. and that and that's and that's I think also speaks to the talent of Mark Campbell that when he was doing it, he wasn't sure if he agreed with it, but, but he he did it. he did it and he did it so well. Yeah. That you were like, yes, I believe it. So we know all what our best picture was, <laughs> right. which was Star Wars. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, actually, the, I kind of one of the things that I came up with that we could talk about was movies that are amazing that would never win an Oscar. The new Star Wars movies were on yeah. that list, minus oh, like yeah. technical awards they might win, like special effects or sound or costuming. They should win. stuff like that. Yeah. So minus barring those kinds of awards, they would never win any sort of quote unquote serious awards, which would be like best picture, best directing, best actor, best actress. This is is, this does not consider the old movies because the Lord of the Rings movie. I mean, well, the Lord of the Rings movies got nominated for best picture. Return of the King won best picture, even though it probably should have been Fellowship of the Ring. Well, that was one of those. It's sort of like the overdue. Where people yeah. were like, oh, it probably should have been, right, Fellowship of That's the Ring. That's what I mean. But at the time, they were like, well, should a fantasy movie like this really win yeah. something? It's like how Martin Scorsese finally won Best Picture for The Departed, even though most people are going to be like, well, The Departed is not – it's a great movie. It's a very good movie. 
But is it like a Martin Scorsese best movie? Maybe not. Yeah. But at that time when he won it, people were like, well, he's kind of due. It's like we've kind of overlooked this yeah. guy because of the style of his movies. We didn't feel like fit for best pictures. And, of course, now we're realizing that we were idiots for years. I think that one of my favorite movies that I feel should have been nominated but never could be or should win but never would is Watchmen. So that was on my list yeah. of one of the um, possible movies. Uh, on the one hand, and I will literally fist fight other people who disagree with me. It was, it was so fucking well done which is why i get so cranky like i i have to defend Zack snyder until the death even though like i get it the the superman whatever it, and batman versus superman but like you chose ben affleck so like that's your guys's fault and it's not mine but like i get that maybe his aesthetic wasn't right for those movies but for Watchmen, it was perfect right he was the exact choice for a director that they needed yeah when you and the scene that I always think about is in the movie when um, they're burying the comedian, and so you have the people who are there at the funeral. So you have, uh, like, uh, I think Ozymandias is there. You have uh, Night Owl, and you have um, Gary Oldman, no. Superman. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, I, I just blanked. Um, Dr. Manhattan. God, I kept wanting to say Mr. Incredible. Wow. Dr. Manhattan. So you have those three people at his funeral, and they're all going through their memories. Sure. And then it's Rorschach talking, and he goes to the comedian's grave, and he lays the flowers down. Right. And then he's talking about um, the story of Pagliacci, the laughing mm-hmm. clown. Mm-hmm. And s- panel by panel, it exactly mirrors yeah. the comic. And the only difference between the comic and the movie is you don't have the black freighter, which you can get later, and you don't have the ending, or like the, the ending alien. kind of yeah. Which is it works in the comic, and it works for Alan Moore's storytelling because Alan Moore is a crazy person who exists in a different realm of reality than the rest of us that like I simultaneously want to be in and also really don't want to be in. But for the movie, the way that they did it, it's the same message it's dr manhattan because the alien thing was like dr manhattan's power right and so now it's dr manhattan's power but without the alien right <laughs> so right you just say same. you put it on ozzy mandeus instead because he no. right no, no just, ozzy mandeus was the reason all in both of them yeah yeah, yeah I, I know but it's right so you just take out the aliens so then it's all on dr manhattan versus having because in the in the comic it's like Dr. Manhattan talked to these aliens and oh, then he right, destroyed right, right, the right, world right, right. versus sorry, sorry. in the Let's movie, it's Dr. Manhattan just did this thing. Right, which makes sense because you, it's a movie. Right. And, and also, if you all of a sudden throw in aliens, right. that's well, an entirely... also with the aliens, you have the whole storyline of them kidnapping the artists and it's a whole thing with the kid who reads the newspaper and then you also have like the idea that like so in the in the comic, it only like that alien drops on New York City. In the movie, it is these like right. bursts of energy across the world. It's like right. it's uh, Tokyo, it's New York, mm-hmm. it's L.A., it's uh, St. Right. Petersburg. It's all these different places to bring the world together, which yeah. I think I, I think makes more sense, especially with a current audience versus the audience that was reading Watchmen when it first came out. Everything else about the movie is 
perfect and people who disagree with me, I want to fist fight. Well, and I always think it's, and this is a thing that I think people need to understand is that there are different mediums. There are different ways of telling stories and what works in one genre doesn't necessarily always work in another genre. If you take a movie and you go through it the way you go through Watchmen and then all of a sudden at the end we're supposed to be like, oh yeah, also aliens were a part of this. It it doesn't connect in well, the same just, way in, in a movie. In order to make... There are so many pieces of the comic that you can't put into film. Like there are pages in the comic that are supposed to mirror newspapers. Right. Or pages that mirror um, the original Night Owl's uh, autobiography. Or pages that mirror just like information books and all these things that like you can't include that in a movie. And so there are certain parts that you have to sacrifice in order for the movie to have some cognitive sense. And I think that the way that they got around it was phenomenal. Plus, it was filmed incredibly. And God, the guy who plays Rorschach is the best. He was so good. And I was so afraid when they first said, like, oh, there's a Watchmen movie. I'm like, well, this is going to suck. It's going to be terrible. And then there's the... It was the first trailer, and it's Rorschach up on the on the building, and he says, um, the world will look up and shout, save us, and I'll whisper no. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, that sounds like Rorschach. Yeah. No, so I didn't know anything about Watchmen uh, before seeing it. I had a friend in college who loved the comic, and so we were doing a play together, and so he he talked about it a little bit uh, just because he was so excited for it. He right. does – well, he actually does his own – podcasting and stuff like that actually sometimes he goes around to like comic cons and stuff with his podcast but uh so i had no i i really didn't know much about anything about Watchmen. so when i went and saw it in theaters i I didn't have any context for any of it yeah and i remember seeing i saw it with some of my brothers and i saw it with my i think she was still my girlfriend at the time mm, before um, or after uh april fool's day uh, i don't it remember was before it was uh, i feel like the we're movie came out march 6th uh 2009 oh okay yeah so yeah so we we're still dating yeah and i remember seeing it and after the movie was over she didn't like it at all she didn't get it at all and I loved it. I saw it and I was like, this was an awesome movie. Because I love, well, one, I love anything that deals with morality yeah. in general. And it was superheroes, but they're not really superheroes. Yeah. It's like they're just kind of people. So it had this like, it had, a, it had a grittier are. tone and it had a more grounded tone. Because they weren't these people that suddenly had... All these special abilities. Sure, you have Dr. Manhattan, who's otherworldly in, in his way, but it didn't he, – he also didn't re- feel out of place, though. He didn't feel like – even though Dr. Manhattan is this more omnipotent sort of a being. He's basically he's, a god. Right, yeah. He, he, he fucks off to make his own universe. Right, right. He he's – right, he's uh, – he – Right, he's a higher existing being. He he's got more power than a regular human being, obviously. 
but it's still but he's still so connected to the world he's still so connected to earth because he's connected to the people he's not that's the intention is that he's not super connected but what's great about Watchmen is he doesn't like he's not supposed to be because it's a commentary on superman right batman right other superheroes that came along during that time and then you have like most of them are vigilantes most of them don't have any anything right uh the comedian was trained in like because he was a soldier Soldier. but otherwise that's it and then you had and you have ozzy mendez who's just super smart right but otherwise is and he's very strong because he he yeah worked out he's strong and fast otherwise you just have rorschach who was just this kid who grew up in a really shitty environment and he just believes in his idea of morality and that's it and it i think that like even though you have this omnipotent character he feels almost godlike in a way that like it's a detachment from mortality and the way that we view time that they never allowed superman to have yeah which is what made superman feel sometimes superficial but it's uh, but he also feels more i don't know to me it's like he also feels more imperfect than superman like superman feels too perfect but i think that's what it is is there's an attachment there yeah because the because he well because dr manhattan does struggle still like even as a guy, like he knows what's right, and he can he can right. He sees time in, in a definitely not in a linear way. He sees things at, at at the same things are happening at the same time for him. Even though for some people we consider the past, present, and future, like he doesn't see things that way. Mm-hmm. But I, but it's almost like he does, like he because he was human. In at one point, he understands how humans see it. So I think it's just like I, – I think he's just interesting in that he was given this sort of godlike power and this omnipotence and people just go, well, you're so detached. Like you're so non-emotional. But it's not that he has a lack of caring. It's just that he sees things in a different way. <laughs> no, for it's sure. Like I, it's like I see things – in a way you can't comprehend, and you should probably listen to me. <laughs> well, it's why he goes off to Mars because he's like, I'm, I'm tired of humanity, essentially, right? And people not understanding. Definitely a movie that should have gone something. Right. So that's why I mean, and I think actually, so the, this is only comparison on the comic level of things, not in the style of movie or the characters. But I love Scott Pilgrim is one of my Scott Pilgrim versus Almost the world the is one of my movie. favorite movies and one of the things i think that actually in some ways parallels with watchmen is that it's so different there's not really a movie like watchmen out there right i don't think there's a lot of movies that you can say oh right the watchmen that's like this movie right and i think scott pilgrim's the same way you can't be like oh scott pilgrim oh that's like this movie it's not really the same kind of a thing they have their own kind of way uh, that they exist but also people complain in a similar fashion because obviously it was a comic before it, it was like a six of them or more or something yeah it was a bunch of books but they're pretty short they're really not very long still you can't fit every single right. thing that's in a one book they're doing one movie and then two you have a different medium thing like you have a lot of slower yeah. parts within 
the Scott Pilgrim series where it's like, oh, they're all hanging out at a beach. And like, really, it's like it's it's a lot longer of a time frame that takes place in yeah. the series itself, in the written series. And but they're a lot slower where in a movie you have to realize that it doesn't work the same way. Just like with a television show, it works differently. A television show is much closer to like a longer series of books or comics. You can have some of those slower periods because you have an episode that delves into some of that stuff. But a movie, it's like we have two hours to tell this story. So are you saying that you think Scott Pilgrim should have been nominated for something? Well, I mean, I'm just, to me, it's a great movie. I know it would never be nominated for something, but But. if it were me, I'm going to put, if like, if you think about like desert island movies when people do like the desert island movies yeah, yeah. scott pilgrim is in my list of desert island movies i think it is such a good movie and it's such a different movie and the rewatchability factor is so high what's your other one like i'm always gonna watch it uh well there were other movies mentioned we talked about the star wars movies yeah. well the new star wars movies in general i mean i love the old, i love the right, original right, star right. wars movies but those ones actually did win more awards uh the, but the new Star Wars movies wouldn't get considered, which is funny, right? You're like, I don't know, it's a little interesting. Uh, Role Models was another movie uh, that I Role put on there. Role Models is so good. Just a fantastic... Comedy doesn't ever get No, and it just comedy in general just doesn't get considered right. for that. Uh, so those were some of the movies that I just thought of. Uh, it's not necessarily the whole list of movies that people nope, might be able to think it. of. That's but your whole list. Those Nothing are just ones that, that were... That popped into my head uh, that I thought of. My main, your main one, I figured would be Watchmen. Huh. Uh, my main one being Scott Pilgrim, really for that, fair, for fair. that sort of stuff. Another thing that I thought of was maybe just because we're talking about the Oscars, which are supposed to be like the best of the best theoretically uh-huh. of the movies, were movies that are considered to not be good or considered terrible that we like. Uh, so to get things rolling, to maybe. I don't know what you were thinking or what's in your brain, but uh, one of my top ones that I will enjoy watching, even though people complain about it all the time, is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. People complain about that? All the time. Because one, they complain about Kevin Costner, because they're like, oh, he doesn't have a British accent. I'm thinking of a different movie. Never mind. Um, And it's actually a pretty long movie also. I remember the original DVD. I had to flip the DVD. Nice. Uh, halfway through. And I believe, well, you have well, you have Morgan Freeman, right? Playing the Moor. And then you have, but then you have also have Alan Rickman as the bad guy. Wow. So it's like, it's a pretty solid cast, I feel like. And I know, like, sure, he doesn't have, like, a British accent, but I don't know. Is it really that big of a deal? I mean... For all of the amount of white appropriation that goes on, at least this is a white appropriation upon a white appropriation. So it's just like maybe. Well, it's it's just, who cares? It right. Doesn't, it's it like it's, he's a maybe fictional character, more than likely a fictional yeah. character, maybe real. Like maybe there's some like semblance of a real person there, but really, for all intents and purposes, he's a made-up fantasy character. Sure, it takes place in England, but does it really matter that much if no. he has a British accent? Doesn't really. I don't know. I just, I mean, now the the movies that I've thought of are definitely movies that I watched as a kid, which are a lot easier to have a good feeling about because you have more right. nostalgia around yeah. it. But it gets a lot of flack, though its Rotten Tomato score was not as bad as I was expecting. It was actually a 49%. Do people 
care about rotten tomatoes? Tomatoes. Sure. To a degree. I never, ever, ever I, look at I, that I, I like it for certain areas. I, I think it can be nice for movies I might be on the fence about. Mm. No, see, if I'm, if I'm on the fence about a movie. Money. No, if I'm on a fence about a movie, I'm just going to go see it. Because mm. I don't trust anyone. Mm. That's not. I think Crit- that's fair. Critics think have fair. like weird reasons why they sure. don't like things, sure. and so I don't trust them. They're yeah. like politicians. Yeah. What's your uh, other movies? We so this is another uh, one of mine. is called The Phantom. Uh, oh yeah. Which is let's just end insane. it there. But that has a forty-two percent as superhero movie. Supposed to be a superhero movie. Mm. Guy in a big purple spandex suit with yep. two guns on his hips. I always thought he was really cool. And they're trying to find these skulls. This guy's trying to get all three skulls together to make like an ultimate weapon or something. Uh, another one actually that popped up was the 13th Warrior. It's only a 33% on Rotten 13th Tomatoes. 13th Warrior is awesome. See, yeah. This is why that's great. bullshit. I, well, I agree. I, I've always liked 13th Warrior and watching it now. You know, like usually with some of these movies, like you go back and you watch them and you're like, okay, but oh, I, okay, I can I see I didn't bad watch things. 13th Warrior right. as a child. I watched it probably within the last year. And yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. So. Well, and and the good reviews that I saw, but uh, I looked at the top critics' reviews. Some A lot of times with Rotten Tomatoes, what I'll do is I'll bypass the regular reviews of just people who post things, and I'll just go to the top critics because at least those are people who are with, like, legitimate papers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So even if I disagree with them, at least it's like, well, you have just some sort of extra legitimacy with you. But the good reviews were the ones I think that took it for what it was a lot better like yeah. a lot of people complained that it was like oh a simple plot or a simple story and it's like but there's a lot it's like just because they don't explain everything well it's, it goes they, back to the Gamal del toro thing is everything doesn't have to be explained sometimes they just are it's right just, that's the world right because and, that's how it and happens. that's what happens and the fight scenes are kick-ass and it mm-hmm. has a really good pace to the, it and the acting uh, is great the funeral and, uh like statement is one of my favorites and the very end scene with the viking leader yeah. is my favorite when he's right. sitting in the chair and he knows he's dying yeah so I, I just it has a lot of great stuff and you're just mad because they didn't explain where the bad guys came from pretty yeah. much go cry about it yeah Mola. another one was one that i love is hook I love Hook. Who complains about Hook? Hook has a 29% on that's Rotten Tomatoes. Stupid. And see, People that's stupid. People do. That's why you don't People listen to Rotten Tomatoes. People complain about that's it. That's bullshit. Hook is amazing. I love Hook. I think Rufy. it's great. Oh. I also like that Robin Williams, before he becomes Peter Pan, looks like my dad. Rufy. <laughs> oh. Um, part of it was the length, because it's, it's actually like over two and a half hours. I'm sorry that you can't And for sit. the time that it came out, was that was more rare. It's not Who nearly cares? as rare now. Who cares? Uh, that's a small thing. But yeah, I, I don't really know exactly what the complaints are about that's Hook. bullshit. But I love Hook. I thought it was great. I, it was a great, I thought it was a great live action telling of Peter Pan. I thought, and, but it wasn't like a retelling, because they, they created their own... Sorry, because it was it's Peter Pan older. It's a movie about older. Peter Pan with Robin Hood and Rufio. Who cares? Everything else is it's the best. Yeah, it's well, best yeah, it was movie. Peter Pan older and having to refine himself. It's a great. Yeah, movie. it was cool. And it was Ron a cool Tomatoes idea that I don't know. I liked it, and I thought it was. I don't know why you're defending it. Good stuff. What? We all here on this couch right now yeah, agree with 100% you. A hundred percent of this couch agrees uh, that Hook is uh, actually a good movie. 
So I think we've been doing this for a good amount of time. Yeah. Uh, the one feels uh, like. Yeah. I'm pretty tired of talking to you. So those are our Oscar. This is our. This yep. was our Oscar podcast that yep. also had some other things just about other movies in general. For all your Oscar knowledge, look about here. it. Um, please. So we are now on Peepa. Peepa io is where our podcast can be found. Uh, we are also on iTunes, and uh, we are on Google Play as well Ooh. now. Yeah. Hopefully, iHeartRadio will come through soon. I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything about that yet. So we've got that. We can also email us at milesandmerrill at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Miles and Merrill. There you go. And also Facebook. We have our Miles and Merrill Make a Podcast Facebook page. Also, let's, let's just cut it shorter. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miles and Merrill. Yeah. That's where we are. So look us up. Pretty much if you search anything... That's Miles and Merrill. That's the only thing that exists. We're the only ones that exist that are called Miles us. and Merrill. So Winning. if you find us, that means we exist there. If you don't find anything, that means we don't exist in that medium. Probably. So you're going to need to yeah. search somewhere else more than likely yeah, but to find us. You can find us in all the, the mainstream yeah. Oh, and so next week, though, we have Emerald City Comic Con. Next week, we have a special posting of our podcast. It's going to come early. Thursday. And uh, it will, you can also, or you will want to start following us on Instagram, though I don't think there's anything posted there quite yet. But we will be posting live footage from Emerald City Comic Con. We'll be talking cosplay. I'll be working at a booth for a little bit. Yeah. So. I don't know what I'll be doing, but I'll be there existing as well. It's going to be a party. So, we do, we might, so we're uh, going to have an Emerald City Comic Con podcast mm-hmm. to sort of prepare for it. We and might want to post it even earlier then. Comic Con starts on Thursday. That's true. Maybe it'll come Wednesday. Maybe. Or maybe Thursday. If we're lucky. And also, right, and then we'll be posting small snippets Y'all might get throughout. some footage of D&D. Yeah, that would be good. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. So it could happen. Yeah. So there's Maybe a lot there's of stuff. Be a lot of exciting things. A lot of stuff to Our look forward to. Our producer is going to be a part of the posting of things. Right. So, so she's actually going to make the money that we're not paying her. She, We pay her so much money and she's sure. earned it every day. Every day mm-hmm. by still living with us. Mm-hmm. That's how she earns it. She's Somehow she, she handles sleeps. us. Okay. So uh, thanks a lot for listening in this week. Uh if you haven't, go ahead and check out our past weeks as well. Our Stargate episode is uh, a lot of great stuff. Um, I do some mansplaining yep. if you would like to hear that. And The Super Bowl you... podcast might not make much sense to listen to now because the Super Bowl is gone. But, you know, there's some good stuff in there still. And if you have liked what you heard, please share yeah. with your friends, that your family, your loved ones, maybe even your enemies. Um, that's fine, too. And yeah, like share also, with your enemies, but in a way that will make them listen. Like, you better not listen to this podcast. This podcast is my podcast. Yeah, you don't yeah. get to listen to it. And then it will make them listen to it because right. they'll think they're, exactly. they'll be turning exactly. against you by doing also, it. Also, if you do listen, um, please I mean, give us a give us a shout out on Twitter or on Instagram. Just yeah. at Miles Merrill. Just let us know like, hey, man, I listen to your podcast about the Oscars and you suck. That's fine. Yeah, it's that's okay. great. I would prefer not that. I would prefer like a. I would prefer that was, it. 
really great, and I enjoyed listening to you guys talk about I stuff. only live by feeling terrible about myself. I don't want to be associated with him anymore. <laughs> I'd like to be done now. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay. See you later. Bye.